Have you seen the ads for food sensitivity testing that tells you that finding out what foods you're sensitive to, then eliminating them will fix your bloating and IBS? Are you struggling with gut issues like gas, bloating, reflux, constipation, diarrhea, or anything in between, and you aren't even sure what foods trigger you? You might even be paralyzed with food, avoiding eating to prevent symptoms, surviving off of like rice and chicken or protein shakes and coffee. Today, I'm going to share what you actually need to know about food sensitivity and testing and how to actually help your gut health. And I'm here to tell you, it's not about cutting out all the foods. So welcome to Functional Wellness with Dr. Allison. I'm so glad you're here. Today, we are going to deep dive into food sensitivity testing, how to know if you need it or not, why cutting out all the foods isn't going to help and might actually make you worse, and what to do instead. So I've talked a lot about food sensitivity in the past on this podcast and my blog, so you can just search for that, but I wanted to bring it up again and give you the information you need to make a good choice for your health. So first, food sensitivity can be extremely helpful for many people. Depending on the company, you can find out your sensitivity to over 100 foods and sometimes even up to 260 foods, which is a great option when you aren't sure what's causing issues with your digestion. So let me tell you a few of the problems I have with these types of tests. My first one is that tests that use hair or dried blood just won't be as accurate because you can't challenge your immune system through your hair. What's great is that they're cheaper. However, when I've done hair versus whole blood, I noticed that, of course, the blood is more accurate and it doesn't always compare with that. My second issue is that most of these cheaper companies think like under $200 for a test or even $100 or less for a test are not even using food in their testing. They're using a chemical that looks like the food protein so you aren't getting accurate results. Because what you want is your immune system tested against real food, not chemicals that look like the proteins of foods. The best companies will actually do real food that is raw versus cooked because the proteins can shift and be different. But again, that gets a little bit pricier. My next problem is that there are many types of immune globulins. So when you only test one, you're going to miss out on what else might be going on with your health and your body. So if you see IgE, that is for a true allergy. That's someone who might need an uh, EpiPen if they're exposed to peanut butter or something like that. IgG is for a food sensitivity where it shows that the immune system is triggered, it's upset, it's creating inflammation, but you don't need radical treatment or Benadryl or anything like that. IgA is mucus-based and it focuses more on sensitivity in the sinuses, the lungs, the lining of the gut, and is great for autoimmune lupus RA conditions. And IgG4 is great for other gut autoimmune issues like Crohn's. So you are correct if you're thinking that for every immunoglobulin that you add on, the pricier that that test is going to be. But that also means it's going to be a lot more accurate with more information and it's testing different body systems and gives you greater information on what foods you should eat, avoid, and cook. 
So that means that the basic tasks that you're going to pick up from the big box stores will not give you all the information you need, and you still might be eating food that's inflaming your body. So now let's say you get the test done, and it comes back with like 10 foods that you're sensitive to on a really high level, and you eliminate those foods. Will you feel better? The immediate answer is probably yes. You cut out dairy, gluten, eggs, quinoa, apples, whatever comes up, and you feel better because your immune system isn't under constant stress attacking those food proteins. So the way this works and the way we develop food sensitivities is partly because of leaky gut and partly because of poor digestion and our immune system gets inflamed. When we eat food, our body breaks down the nutrition into its essential forms. So proteins are broken down into individual amino acids, for example. When you don't break down the full protein, the immune system will tag that and it becomes either a sensitivity or an allergy. This also causes inflammation, things like IBS symptoms, constipation, diarrhea, bloating, gas. What I do believe, and usually it suggests, is cutting out those major inflammatory foods like gluten, dairy, whatever comes up on the test, sometimes oxalates, FODMAP foods, and this is entirely dependent on the individual too. Most people have a sensitivity to dairy and gluten because of autoimmunity, digestive issues, and that these foods are just incredibly toxic the way they're processed right now. But after time, if you haven't addressed the real issue, which is why are you developing sensitivities to food, when you start to eliminate these foods without fixing the digestive system, over time, you're going to become more and more sensitive to more and more foods. And in the end, you won't be able to eat anything because you're going to develop a reaction to everything. So while eliminating the foods that are causing sensitivities will help in the short term, in the long term, you're still eating these foods, you still have leaky gut, you're still going to be having immune reactions. And then we start dealing with cross-reactions which means when your body eats, say, gluten, and it tags it and it says, okay, this is causing inflammation, this is a bad guy if you see it attack, over time, your body will start to recognize other proteins and tag them even if there's not a sensitivity. So foods that look similar like corn and gluten and soy, you might start with a gluten sensitivity and then it starts cross-reacting with other foods because the proteins are similar. So we need to be really specific in how we fix the gut. So first, understanding why you're having symptoms. Not everybody is dealing with a leaky gut. Some people are dealing with brain issues. Some people are dealing with autoimmunity. So we have to figure that out. Most people are having symptoms because they just aren't breaking down the food correctly. There's an issue somewhere with the stomach, digestive enzymes, stomach acid, and then what you're eating. Then we need to look at the liver and how it creates bile and the gallbladder response to food. We need to look at the pancreas with insulin, small intestine with its own enzymes and support. And then once the food is broken down, you're going to start feeling better. We can simply start with removing foods that you're sensitive to so your body gets a break and you can lower the inflammation. And this can take anywhere from four to 24 weeks. We add in a digestive enzyme to break down the food further. And if that's not effective enough, you might need to take more. Like some people need two to five digestive enzymes per meal. Or you might need to switch brands. And lastly, 
that's not working, you might need to switch ingredients. Like some people do better with lipase only or ox bile only. Just figure out what works for you. Gas, bloating, and reflux originate mainly from not breaking down foods. If you have an immediate reaction to food, that's probably a food sensitivity. Like your nose gets stuffy, you start having post-nasal drip and kind of coughing or clearing your throat. Your fingers and your nose might get cold. That's a food sensitivity. Now, if you're bloated within half an hour to two hours, kind of like that almost immediate, you start not feeling well, that's usually an issue with breaking down carbs or something like SIBO. And if you're gassy or sick, like over two hours after eating, that's probably an issue with protein or fat breakdown. So now once you know your specific issue is with your digestion, you can be more specific with the enzymes that you choose. Now, the most important part of healing food sensitivities is healing the gut lining. This includes fixing the leaky gut, reducing infection and overgrowth of opportunistic bacteria, supporting the immune system, And it can look like using supplementation with aloe and marshmallow and enzymes, good probiotics and postbiotics. You'll probably want to do a GI map test, which is a stool test you can do at home. It's not the sexiest test, but it gives us the most amount of information. We look at viruses, parasites, worms, eggs, how's the immune system doing? We catch a lot of underlying inflammation. And that way we can supplement knowing exactly what you need. With food, you want to utilize things like bone broth, root veggies, and fermented foods. You want to make sure that you're drinking enough water. And of course, eliminate coffee and alcohol. Stop eating out at restaurants because that food is so highly inflammatory. It's really just keeping us all so sick. So long story short, you can use the food sensitivity testing. Just know that it's not 100% accurate, but there's a lot of different options and different companies out there where you can add in different foods, different immunoglobulins, and make sure you're getting the right company. But it also gives you a really good starting point. Then you eliminate your sensitive foods for at least four to six weeks. And the main focus during this time is truly healing your gut and digestive system to get the healing you need and not further create any new food sensitivities. Okay, that's it for today. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you like and subscribe to stay tuned with all of our weekly podcasts. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Functional Wellness with Dr. Allison. If you would like personalized care and testing, you can schedule an initial consult online and get started with your wellness plan right away or message us on Facebook at Little Black Bag Medicine. Thanks for tuning in and see you next week.